Hello and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura. We are so excited that you're joining us for our very first episode. And so before we get into sports and life, let's <laughs> talk a little bit about ourselves. So my name is Laura. I'm 27. I'm in the Midwest in Omaha area. And I work in IT in real life, but obviously have a passion for sports. And I think what more people would know me online for is Royals. So you can catch me on Twitter and Tumblr doing all of that. So how about you, Morgan? Um, I'm Morgan, obviously. <laughs> um, I, I realized I've been in my head thinking I'm 26. I'm 25. <laughs> um, I still have six more months of that. So I don't know why my brain just automatically was like, you're 26 now. Um, I'm sure most people seeing this know me from probably most likely Texas Rangers maybe Dallas Stars by now not but I would guess more Rangers because that's what I write on LoneStarBall.com and previously did a podcast about them and usually at this time of the year would be what I'm ranting about on Twitter um yeah I don't know what else I'm terrible at introducing myself and like who I am so I don't really know what else to say but that seems like a good start so you started a little bit, sports and teams. So obviously, Texas, Dallas, any other teams that you want to shout out? Um, I mean, those are the teams that I followed the most. But like, if I didn't have them, Carolina Hurricanes would probably be like my hockey team. Colorado Rockies might be my baseball team. It's so hard because I'm like, if I wasn't a Rangers or Stars fan, there's so many other teams that I would like, but also like right now they would be rivals. So like, <laughs> it feels weird to say like, oh, I'd be a Seattle Mariners fan or a Colorado Avalanche fan. Cause like that <laughs> feels like I'm turning my back against my team. <laughs> yeah. And I see, I'm coming at it from a different angle. Cause I live in a town that, so I went to Creighton in Omaha. And so obviously I love them. And I root for the NBA. Play. I don't watch the NBA closely at all. Me this neither. will not be an NBA podcast. <laughs> getting that out of the way. But I follow the, the few players Creighton has. But then we don't have any, like, real pro teams. We have a AAA baseball team, but mm -hmm. don't follow that closely. But um, so I kind of get to go all over and what interests me and stuff. Uh, my college roommate, shout out Emma, got me into hockey. And so she's a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So that I kind of inherited that from her. But like you said, love the Hurricanes, love the Toronto Maple Leafs. Shout out to <laughs> oh, <Pink> yeah. <laughs> and for baseball, um, well, and I should say the Stars and the Rangers, I'm kind of inheriting from Morgan. <laughs> Been close enough now, and my mom loves the Cubs, so kind of got that from her. So with that, I kind of mentioned it, but we obviously have known each other for a while now and have gotten to be super close and so I guess Morgan do you want to tell the story since you're the one who kind of is the reason <laughs> this friendship exists yeah so like you mentioned that most people might know you from like following royals and I kind of started following them but like I don't really talk about it because it's like it's really more to me it seems like more of a tumblr thing just because that's where I started following them mostly for fashion because I, I'm a hat person and I think their hats are so pretty and I'm jealous that like nothing ex except like Kentucky Derby happens in the U.S. that like we get to wear cool hats. Um, 
So, like, I started following them on Tumblr, a bunch of different blogs, but yours was, like, the first one, and then I remember, like, every once in a while, I would see, like, a hockey post from you, and it was kind I feel like when you become friends with someone, it's always over, like, a specific thing, like, sports, and then when you find out they have another interest that you also have, it's like, okay, we have to be friends. So I messaged you and was like, I, I don't even know what I said, but I'm sure it was something like, oh my gosh, you follow the Royals and hockey? I just started watching hockey. Um, we should be friends or something like that. Um, and it's probably because also like, you're very knowledgeable in both Royals and hockey. So like, I immediately, I'm like, I just, when I start following something, I want all the information I can get. So messaging you I was like well Laura knows all of this so I can just ask her questions and then that's how we became friends and then last October we went to a hockey game together which was so much fun um yeah so that's how we met Tumblr on Royals and then I followed you on Twitter because you talked about a lot of hockey on Twitter and yeah and yeah so from my side it was it was like you messed I, I remember the message it was like um <laughs> hey, like, you like Royals and hockey, that's so cool, something like that, and I, like, I just followed you on Twitter, and then I looked at who just followed me, and I was like, oh, this is cool, and then I looked at your Twitter, and then we, I just message back and forth, it really is that simple sometimes, just, yeah, sending I feel message. like that's how I've made a lot of friends, like, recently, like, I feel like still making, like, Twitter friends is still, like, oh, you talk to people online, which it shouldn't be, because that's just how it is, like, Obviously, it's not like I'm just meeting random people online. Like, I do my research. I'm a journalist. I check people out, you know? But, like, it's kind of cool because then you get to meet people from, like, like, I, who knows if I'm ever going to go to Nebraska? Like, how else would I have met you? Exactly. Had it not been for Twitter. So, like, I think that's pretty cool, especially since Twitter is where I talk about sports mostly and talk about sports to other people. So that connection just makes sense. And yeah, and I would say just from the safety perspective of it, we were talking for a while before we even yeah. exchanged phone numbers. And then we became like pretty much daily texting back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Because I always ask you hockey questions too. <laughs> I'm like, what does this mean? Is this important? Is this person reliable on their opinions? And so we were doing all of that before we ever met in person. And then we met in person before we did this podcast. So we have a long history of, so don't just like go and meet the first person yeah. you see online. Also but, meet at a public place. Like we met yeah. at the Stars Arena. Like it, if she was going to attack me or if I was going to attack her, there were thousands of other people there. So yeah. felt pretty safe. Yeah, and that's the thing. There were so many people around, and there were police around. Yeah, was, like, we were, everything. like, right next to the cops just in case. Yeah, and then it was awesome. And so yeah. definitely there's ways to keep safe, but it is really awesome, and I think you're missing out if you don't take advantage of what's available online. Yeah. So with that, I thought we'd talk about what our show, what our show is going to be, why we're doing this, that kind of stuff. So I'll just say from my perspective – I've done a podcast before. It was more royal centric. Um, this is just, I think, more of an outlet for us to talk mainly sports, but obviously now we're not talking like strictly sports. And so kind of the freedom to do what we want. And I think that's something that's important to both of us is having that platform to kind of go where we want it. And we have similar visions on things and just 
the freedom. And I also think it's really important for me to have a platform where it's like two women talking mm -hmm. about primarily sports like that. I love hearing shows like that. Yeah. And um, I did Locked On Rangers for a year. But before that, I had even thought about doing a sports podcast because like you said, first of all, there's not very many women in sports to begin with, let alone women talking about sports on podcasts. Um, and so Locked On Rangers, it was fun. And I it taught me how to do a podcast and like be more comfortable talking to a microphone and like through Skype or Zoom or whatever. Um, but like, I was only talking about the Rangers. So there were times where, of course, I freaking love the Rangers. They're my favorite team. It's what got me into sports to begin with. But there are times when it's like, okay, I don't want to talk about the Rangers anymore. I want to talk about a different team or a different sport. Because sometimes, I mean, baseball's 162 games, six months a year. Like sometimes they're, they're just not doing something that's like worth talking about. Whereas maybe another sport or another team is. So I think we both have done podcasts where we felt somewhat boxed in on topics um and conversations so like that's what I was really excited for this because when my contract ended with Locked on Rangers I was like okay I still want to talk about sports because I did enjoy that and then I mentioned it to you about like okay I want to do a podcast and then like we kind of like talked about it I was like in my head I was like I think she'll want to do it with me so I was like I just asked, I was like, do you want to do this with me? And you're like, yes. So, and especially because, again, not many women in sports talking about sports, but also there's not very many sports podcasts where it's two women. And like, I know there are a few, I've seen a few others where it's multiple, like three to five women, but like, that's very few and far between. And if there is a woman on a podcast, usually it's a guy and a girl or just a girl by herself, which is totally cool and fine, but sometimes it's fun to have that conversation, which was something I was worried about if, when I was going to do a podcast solo. I was like, mm, I have no one to talk about. What if it's, like, uncomfortable? So I was so happy we decided to do this. And the thing, too, I think is, on the one hand, I think it's important, and we're going to get into a lot of, like, details, both from, like, different just perspectives, mm -hmm. statistics, that kind of stuff, but also... I think there's a, a tendency sometimes to overcorrect where mm -hmm. we, and I'm guilty of this, where you feel the stereotype of like, oh, women just like sports to like have wine at a game and ogle hot men. And mm -hmm. there's a tendency to overcorrect in the other direction of like, okay, so because people think this, I can't talk about anything even remotely relating to that. And I yeah. think I really like that we're going to be intentional about giving ourselves the space to do whatever we want and not feel in a box because of expectations one way or the other. Yeah. And, um, that's like funny that you mentioned that too, because like right before we did this, I was working on artwork for like our logo and like all of that. And I was using like pink and red and I was like, should I use pink? Cause like, I don't like when other teams use that specifically for women, but like, am I, is that bad that I use it? Like, I was overthinking that, too, which is such, like, a weird thing to do, but an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, and it, I think it's something that is is not unique to, like, any, I think it's it's a fairly shared experience mm -hmm. for females, where we, we tend to do that of, like, overcorrect yeah. to not be what we think people think of us. Yeah, exactly. 
And okay, so that's kind of our, our as you can see, we love to talk. We talk all the time. But um, I thought I would introduce our topic for today. And it should be no surprise that we're going to open up by talking about what's going on right now with COVID-19 and sports especially. Um, so obviously, I think we wanted to highlight some of the really good things because I think, well, for one, we are not getting into the science of COVID-19 because heck <laughs> no. if I know any of that, right? Um, so, but I, I first, I just wanted to shout out from the hockey side of things, um, Haley Wickenheiser, if you don't know her, if you don't follow hockey, you should go to her Wikipedia, just Google her. She is one of the most decorated female uh, hockey players in history. She is absolutely amazing she's in the hockey hall of fame and after she retired from hockey she decided well what the heck i'll go to med school and so she is currently in medical school in canada and they pretty early on in the crisis sent their med students home because there isn't really a lot that they can provide as far as care and so they end up kind of being more my sister was talking about this my sister's in med school they end up being more in the way she said which is not like to say they're bad but just a practicality yeah so she was like, well, what can I do? Because I can't, like, I don't have enough training right now to help. So what can I do? And so she is the one who kind of brainstormed and got people together for Conquer COVID-19, which is like the charity in Canada that has raised millions and millions of dollars in personal protective equipment, um, worked with uh, corporations and all of that. And she's really good friends with Ryan Reynolds and got him to help out. And he was giving like random people shout outs and doing all of these things to try to get money. And so I just thought the hustle that she showed for something that obviously wasn't remotely for her was so impressive. And so I wanted to highlight that. Is there yeah. something in particular you thought about highlighting? Um, there I think it was a couple weeks ago, there was an article that they did on The Athletic about how MLB employees were going to be part of a study in antibodies and like, basically, it wasn't if, I don't know why they had to clarify it, but it wasn't like a study to see if any of the employees had COVID, but it was more, I, I don't know if it was also testing those who had and didn't have it, but it was testing their antibodies to see if that could give some kind of clarity to, I guess, how to fight the virus, whatever. But um, it's interesting because it said 10,000 employees from 27 of the 30 teams, which they didn't list the teams. And I'd really be interested to know what three teams weren't involved in that. Um, but they, I went and looked back at the article and they specifically said that, um, first of all, they volunteered. So it wasn't like they forced them to do it, but um, it's players and their families, um, team staff, concession staff, ushers, and then other part-time employees all um, volunteer to be part of the study, which I think is pretty cool because even though it's not all 30 teams, like 27 teams and having that many employees all volunteer to do a study is pretty cool. And especially mm -hmm. if it leads to something um, meaningful as far as antibodies and like how to fight the virus and maybe protect people from it. Um, I don't know if they were kind of using it as a way to determine if the season is going to come back or when or how soon. Um, but I thought it was interesting because 10,000 people for a study is very significant. And I'm going to go ahead if one of those teams 
is uh, the Blue Jays. I'll go ahead and exempt them because I kind of feel like if you're doing a study, you might not be able to do like Canada, U.S. Yeah, there might that's be politics true. in that. So we'll just say there are at least two teams, possibly three teams. Yeah. So, but I, I do think that's really cool because I think you've kind of seen that in across all industries, and that's something that has really gotten to me is just like the camaraderie of it all mm-hmm. and so people pitching in and helping and all of that kind of stuff and so I think that was kind of the, the common thread of ours and the common thread of pretty much any good story you will see yeah COVID-19 is just the common good and people coming together yeah and I think it's also important I mean since athletes obviously aren't doing what their job is right now, it's good to see them finding other ways to contribute to the community because playing sports, I I feel like that is a big uh, commitment and it does help communities. It impacts a lot of kids mostly. So like to see them still be more of like a positive impact, um, it's good to see because even though it's not sports, it still shows like okay, outside of sports, we can still do something to help others. And I will say, kind of, it kind of transitions into something else that we wanted to talk about was like the paying of part-time employees. Mm -hmm. And some owners really have stepped up to the plate. Mm -hmm. There's so many to name, but like Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which is the ownership group of obviously the Maple Leafs, stepped up pretty early on. They're obviously... And I think, I think people are, are open to this of like your expectations of the Maple Leafs are going to be different than the Coyotes. Yeah. They're just completely different financial situations. And I get that both of them have rich owners, but also it's like the two main media companies in Toronto mm-hmm. own the Maple Leafs. A guy owns the Arizona Coyotes. He's a very rich guy, but still the expect like you have to wait it. And I think everyone gets that. However, in waiting it, we see some teams where, and I, I remember there's one in the NBA where like, it was like the Hornets or something and a player who was a rookie who didn't have any money, like paid a hundred grand or something to the fund and the owner hadn't contributed anything. And that Giannis from Milwaukee, he basically had to like force his owners into it by him stepping up and giving his own money. And it's like, okay, millionaires can do this why can't billionaires? I just don't yeah. get it. Yeah, and um, I think it was, wasn't it the Bruins that they made a, like, the players did a GoFundMe or something for the employees, mm-hmm. and a lot, I feel like a lot of people were like, well, why aren't the players, like, pitching in their, some of their money? I'm like, not, first of all, not all players make a whole bunch of money, but also, like, why aren't the owners? The owners have way more money than all the players, so why aren't they the ones paying the employees why do we have to set up why do players have to set up a GoFundMe for the employees that doesn't make any sense and players like there's the option to go anonymous on GoFundMe Mm -hmm. so I just think it's like like yeah hold your horse a little bit like we'll know if billionaires give money because it's like then this won't be an issue right and like what the Maple Leafs and what a lot of teams did, and I think you could do something similar in the U.S. It's obviously dependent on the state and how things work on that. But there's more of a uniform unemployment rules in Canada. And I listened to Steve's podcast. He was <laughs> explaining this. And basically, there's like a, a level of unemployment that you get. And so a lot of, you know, a couple of clubs in the Maple Leafs were the first to do this basically said, we will bridge the gap between the difference of what you would make and what unemployment provides you. 
which I think is like yeah. a fair thing. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, you're not completely like the, the team isn't completely losing all of their money when nothing's going on, but they are helping. They're doing something. And I right. think that, and I think there's similar things in the U S where it's like, there's unemployment benefits, but can we not set up like a, can through the foundation? Cause every team has a foundation. Can you not yeah. do something? Um, and I know we said we were an NBA podcast, but there was one thing that caught my eye. Um, like right when this first started, like, I think it was the day the NBA suspended, Mark Cuban was like, almost immediately was like, I'm going to pay the employees at the time. I think it was March 11th when he said this at the time, they obviously didn't know how long this was going to go. So he was like, I will pay, you know, what they would normally get for the six postponed home games. Um, all the, um, American Airlines Center hourly employees were going to receive all of their pay for the six games that was for a month that um, went through April 11th and then recently after that he still was committed to paying all of them I think he said I don't know if he said any end date or anything but I'm pretty sure he's still paying them he also like the next day was like um, backing uh, as far as like buying from local restaurants Um, he said any employee that um, buys breakfast and lunch breakfast and or lunch um, at local independent restaurants or coffee shops, he'll reimburse them. So not only does that help the restaurants, it also helps the people buy his employees still because they're not really spending their money because they're going to get reimbursed. But then they're also still helping the local places, which if more owners were like that, like that would be so helpful because even if it's breakfast and lunch, so they really only have to pay for their dinner or make their dinner or whatever. But the fact he was very immediate in like how he responded to this, and that's what really stuck out to me because I don't follow the Mavericks really or that closely, definitely not as closely as other teams. But when something like that happens, like it's hard to forget or not see it because that it's like immediately you're like, okay, he's one of the good guys. He looks out for his employees, and you kind of that's the kind of thing that I hold other owners to I'm like well Mark Cuban did this why can't you do this or like something close to it and that's what I was gonna say is I think you can credit Mark Cuban not just with paying his employees but because he came out immediately I don't know that everyone would have known it was an issue mm-hmm. that's the first thing that would have popped into my mind but he brought attention to the issue immediately such that sports reporters who don't have games to report on that's the question they're asking all of the their contacts and so they're reporting on who isn't doing it. Yeah. All of these owners can't be like, well, like no one else is because it's like Mark Cuban is. Where are you? Right. And some of these people are significantly richer than Mark Cuban, who is a billionaire. Yeah. But there are yeah. some mega billionaires. Yeah. So. And another thing was, because um, recently it's I've seen a lot of uh, baseball teams trying to figure out how to pay other or their hourly employees, part-time employees, all of that, because right now would be baseball season, and obviously it's not happening, so I did just look up, and it said, I think it was on the athletic that I saw this, 25 of 30 clubs committed to paying employees through May 31st. I think the other five just hadn't said what their plans were, so it's not like there's five teams out there not paying their employees. It's just they haven't said their structure of it or, like, their time of it, Um, It was interesting, too, though. They pointed out specifically that um, the Tigers and the Rockies are doing different than other teams because the Tigers said 
that their employees will receive full salary and benefits, but there's no end date. So it led the athletic to believe that it's probably going to be beyond May 31st. And um, same with the Rockies. They said for as long as possible, they'll play their employees fully, which I think is interesting because obviously the other teams are committed to paying them through May 31st, but I don't think they ever said if it was like full payment, normal salaries, benefits and everything. So that's interesting that the Tigers decided to say that because I don't know what their um, financial worth is, but haven't been a winning team for very long so that leads me to believe they don't have much money to spend so the fact that they're one of the teams coming out and saying this is interesting mm-hmm. I, I and I will also point out so if you follow hockey and you like podcasts Fit and Chicklets is like the one for funny mm-hmm. player content and one of the hosts spent a decent amount of his career in the east coast hockey league so you have your NHL and then the minor league is the AHL. And then the one below that is the East, East Coast Hockey League is what they call it. And a lot of players who aren't on any, there aren't many NHL players on NHL contracts in the East Coast League. He was kind of a rare one. But most players who aren't on NHL contracts in the East Coast League, their pay is something in the range of $300 a week. So it is not even really a super livable wage as it is to the point that they have to do other things when they're not playing hockey. And the East Coast League canceled before the NHL because they just, like, a lot of the owners aren't billionaires. Like, they, none of right. the owners are billionaires. They're not really wealthy. So they couldn't afford to pay. The league can't afford. So they canceled pretty immediately. And so these players are all of a sudden not getting that $300 a week. And so Paul Bissonnette, one of the hosts and probably the most known one, organized uh, this relief fund for to help try to pay players. And um, he got Budweiser, who's one of the main sponsors of their show. And he just like any sponsor of their show, that's something that's like, hey, if you do this, like, we'll cut your ad rate and all this to like get donation for this thing and so like I think he said Budweiser donated like 10 grand which you think about it like for Budweiser isn't much money but when you think about $300 a week Mm -hmm. how many players that covers for even one week like that's a ton of help so I thought that was a pretty cool thing I wanted to shout out yeah and I I need to look up who the writer for I believe she writes for the athletic as well um but my phone's going too slow to look up her name, but I'll, I'll make sure to include it in like the description of this. So she gets her credit, but she was one, also one of the immediate um, people to like start, I believe she started to go fund me, but she um, like, I remember one of her first tweets was like any minor league uh, baseball players who need work message me um, because minor leaguers, they first of all, don't get paid very much anyway but they also only get paid when they play. So that's why you see a lot of minor league players have an off-season job because they're only getting paid like April through August. So, and even within that, they're not making, they're not making as much as major leaguers. They're not making millions. They're not making 10,000s. So obviously they're not playing right now. So they're not getting paid because they don't have guaranteed contracts. Um, So she was immediately starting to put together GoFundMe's. I, I want to say that when she was having them message her for work, it was, she was having them like, I don't, maybe put together stories or something since she's writing and stuff. 
Um, but I know she raised a lot of money very quickly in the first couple weeks. I've been off Twitter for a while, so I need to go check up on that and maybe I'll do an update in the second episode about it. But I thought that was a really interesting, um, thing, especially for a journalist to do. She's not part of the team or anything. So that was really interesting. And a Rangers aspect, Jinsu Chu committed, oh, how much was it? I think it was 111,000. That sounds really wrong now that I'm saying it out loud. But he, I know, I think it worked out to be like a thousand dollars maybe per player in the minor leagues for um, the Rangers. And because at first, I, like when I, because I, his contract is one of the biggest ones with the Rangers. And at first, when I saw his thing, I was like, that doesn't really seem like much compared to like all of it. Not to like, not shaming Shin Su Chu. He's a lovely human. But like, you know, when you know their contract and you see what they're paying, you're like, uh. But then you realize like how much he's actually paying and how many people he's giving money to. Like, that's pretty significant, especially if owners or MLB as a whole isn't doing much to help them. Yeah. And it, it's it's been kind of an interesting time, I think, for players. I think what you'll see, maybe obviously we're all sports deprived. Mm-hmm. I think some players through all of this, through their charity and through other means, have really raised their marketability. And yeah. so that kind of brings me to what our next thing was, was the all of the streaming, Twitch, that kind of stuff, which we said early on. And I think a lot of people were like, hey, players, if you want to like, get get eyes when there's nothing going on like do some twitch streaming and so I have to point out I texted Morgan about this last <laughs> night because she texted me about Joey Gallo yes. going on a rant about how <laughs> ugly his picture was and we had a hockey player do the same thing last night <laughs> David Pasternak who's like one of the leading goal scorers he scored a goal with himself like he he as on the video game and then he's like celebrating and then he's like oh and then he's like I never want to score again (laughs) it was hilarious so yeah do you want to talk about the Joey Gallo one yeah so um MLB I I, again I've been off Twitter for basically a month I check in here and there um and I have people that send me things um and someone sent me the video of Joey Gallo but they're doing um they're playing MLB the show I don't know if it's on Twitch or live on Twitter whatever they're doing it players playing as themselves, so that's pretty cool, um, and Joe, Joey was talking about how um, his picture is not the best, and he was like, look at Mike Miners, he, he looks like a pitcher, because they have, like, an action shot, and then behind, a, like, faded in the background, is just, like, I guess it's the picture that they use on, like, MLB of just, like, them looking at the camera, he's like, he looks like a pitcher, you'd be scared of him, he's about to, like, strike you out kind of thing, then it it scrolled over to Elvis and he was like, look at Elvis. He's hit And my favorite thing is when they're like, going to talk a little trash, like sneaky about their teammates. Cause he was like, look at him. He's probably about to hit like a single because he doesn't have much pop or whatever. And I was like, Elvis has hit a few home runs lately. So give him a little credit. And then it went over to Joey and he has like the derpiest face. Like he's like mid swing and it, to me, it kind of looks like a swing that he maybe struck out on, but like he just, it's almost like a cringy face. And he was like, Look at this. He goes, I just want to talk to whoever picked this. And in my mind, if you know Adrian Beltre, you know, like some of his things, like when he, like when Bench is clear, like, 
or if he gets mad at like an ump, like one of the things is, is he'll say, I just want to talk. But like the look on his face is like, I'm going to murder you kind of thing. And so when Joey said that, like immediately, I was just like, oh, my new favorite kind of quoting my old favorite. And like, I, I want to know what that conversation would be like of him talking to whoever decided that picture. Like, do they have a grudge against Joey? Did they just think it was funny and they just went with it? Because Joey is kind of known for him making like weird facial expressions so I don't know if maybe they thought that was going with it but he was not pleased we need a zoom call with David Pasternak and Joey Callow and the EA <laughs> people that would be hilarious that would be <laughs> a plus content Talk it out um the other thing I would say too is um they've been doing like the NHL has been doing a lot of zooms in place of their media availability yeah. And they've done some really interesting ones. So they've done one specifically, I've seen Russia, Sweden, and Finland, where they mm -hmm. got like some really good players, including shout out to the Finnish one, since we both like the stars who, that had um, uh, Miro Heiskanen and Rupe Hintz. And they were two of the four people on those. Yeah. So if you like, but, and they spoke in Finnish, Swedish, or Russian. And it's, I thought it was a really great way because they are trying to keep in those markets because they have so many players from those countries. So of course you want to keep in those markets. And then one this week that is like must watch TV is um, they did a Boston one, an all Boston one. And it was um, Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers, Kevin Hayes of the Philadelphia Flyers, and Chris Wagner of the Boston Bruins. And Kevin and uh, Chris Kreider played together for the Rangers for a bit and oh, that's then right. and then so then they had like the guy who normally does all the hosting and then he's like this is too Boston like I'm not good <laughs> enough at this and so he's like I gotta bring someone in and all the players are like speculating on who it is and it's Keith Yandel who is like widely known as like the funniest guy in the NHL and he played for the Rangers with both of them too and so he just like starts off the show like like saying uh Chris, are you, Kreider, Kreider, are you looking like you're uh, gonna audition for Prison Break over there? What's going on? <laughs> and all the guys just start laughing. It's hilarious. Oh and my so, gosh. so it's so fun. And I love things like that. And shout out to whoever planned that because, like, Keith Yandel, if you want to get players to like really be funny, just have Keith Yandel lead it and just say, do whatever you want, and it will be hilarious. And I know early on, too, in the uh, suspension of the season, they were doing, uh, like, captain calls where they would have, like, uh, captains of everyone – well, not everyone, but, uh, like, four captains from the same division um, talk. And I know they did uh, Jamie Benn with – Blake Wheeler was one of them. Yes, because – that and that's – that's the one that I remember specifically because they when they played each other, he was like, Jamie asked me to – we had, like, 20 face-offs, and he asked me to fight every single one of them, um, which I thought was hilarious and seemed like very Jamie Ben. Um, but, yeah, I think those are interesting, too, because especially being captains and they're all in the same division, you don't really see them do interviews together mm -hmm. or talk together unless, like, on the ice and they're probably chirping at each other. So I thought that was an interesting concept as well as far – and, you know – also playing the video games that's kind of entertaining to watch too also shout out to Alex Kalorn who has a great nickname killer I like that <laughs> so no surprise to anyone a lot of players have returned home because they told them they could and I would say the least percentage of players that returned home belongs to the Tampa Bay Lightning 
Tampa Bay is a wonderful place and <laughs> they all live close together and everyone's just happy. So they didn't want to, no one wants to go to like cold wherever they're from. Yeah. The, so, but since they all live close together and a lot of them live on the water, what he was doing is this show he called Doc Talk. And it's oh, so that's cool. Great. You told me about this. It's so cool. He, he like jet skis over to a different player's house and they keep their six feet of distance, but then they just randomly talk. And it's, so, I, it's such a cool concept. It really is. They need to make that a podcast. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, so that was our like, our what's happening now, I guess, kind <laughs> of thing. But then we also have our like, what happens when it comes back? And this is all speculation. Like we're just kind of guessing here. Um, but I have heard this, this is like the Steve Dangle thing, and I'm sure other people have said it too. How awesome is it going to be? First of all, my life has just been thrown into a tailspin because I don't have anything to watch. Right. I told my mom if the NBA was the first thing to come back, I'd be all in on the NBA. Same. And then it's like, I just want something new. <laughs> they're doing this like golf thing because they can socially distance with golf. And so they're mm-hmm. doing like a four person pro-am with like the two pros are Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson mm-hmm. and the two amateurs are Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Wait, you, I, I feel so dumb because I have to admit you just like told me, like gave me the definition of pro-am. I never realized it was pro and amateurs combined. That's like, so I, that's, but yeah, it's like a twosome. <laughs> so like, no, it took me a while to figure that out. I don't follow golf that much. <laughs> And it took me watching a, a one or two of them, but I don't follow golf because I think it's a little boring. Yeah, same. If you like golf, go for it, but not my thing. Um, but I will watch this. Yeah. Partly because they got great personalities for it, who I'm sure will make it funny. And also because it's, just, it's sports that I don't know the results of. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm, so, but then when they do come back, they're going to have to cram so much into such a sh- short amount of time to like keep on the season's pace. I feel like we're going to go from nothing to like, there are 15 games on, what do I pick? And it, that would be so fun. Like I would, I would much rather have like 15 games to choose from than like golf. Oh, but yeah. I take it. That I'll pick anything at this point, but I, with, when it comes back in full swing, I will have, like, my computer out and have one game on, like, me, the TV on, (laughs) might have the TV in the other room on, (laughs) and I can just catch if something big happens, because it's, like, so much going on. So, I wrote about this week, or last week, as this episode goes up, about if baseball will come back this season. As, the longer this goes on, the more I, I have to just admit that I don't think it will as much as it saddens me but I'm interested of what your opinion is on this because I feel like I'd much rather baseball come back next year where we can have full crowds and then it come back this year and no crowds because and I think you had mentioned it to me it would be so weird to have like a walk-off home run and no cheering like that just would take away from it and we had that a little bit with, with that Orioles game. Yes. And that was okay. It was actually kind of cool for one game, and I think drove a yeah. lot of viewership. And, like, the players were making jokes. But those yeah. jokes are only funny, like, the first game. Like, you right. can't keep exactly. doing that. I will say, so uh, my alma mater, Creighton, has, I think, the distinction, I don't know if it's good, bad, whatever, of being, like, the very last game that ever happened. Seems oh, like wow. 
because so the day that everything started getting canceled, the NBA had got canceled the night before mm-hmm. and because of that whole Rudy Gobert thing. And so the next day was the first. So that day was the playing games for the Big East tournament. And the next day was the very first games of like the regular round. And Creighton was the first game. And it happened at like 11, my time, central time, but like noon Eastern time where it was played. And they hadn't stopped it or anything, partly because the owner of the Knicks had some stupid thing about like, we won't refund you unless the city has a closure. And he's being James Dolan, like not said, <laughs> James Dolan. <Yeah. laughs> but, um, so they were playing and they played, but they did the like only players, families were there, coaches, trainers, that kind of thing. But then the one thing they said was, okay, we we're like bands and cheerleaders. And that alone, and because I think baseball is different, I think we have to separate baseball from like basketball and hockey and mm-hmm. stuff. Because with that little bit, you could like play music or you could have the band go. And then there was enough, like I could, they mic'd up the crowd enough basically that it wasn't just sneakers. And so that works. I think baseball is yeah. the tough one because you're outside. Yeah. And the the one team that I think would thrive in it would be Oakland because they have like the people that come there with the drums and mm-hmm. a lot of noise. So if you have like, if you just like let family come and then give them all the, the noise makers that usually happen, which usually is annoying when you're watching the game, I think that would be a fun way to watch it. But yeah, I think baseball would be harder to do without a crowd because there's no, like the only music is the walk-up music, but like there's really no other crowd noise except having a crowd there and I also I don't want to hear pitchers grunt because a lot of them do that if there's no crowd noise you're only gonna have to hear that and I don't want to hear that I think the only they could mic up players that might be interesting like what they did for spring training um they had a they mic'd up a number of players during the game and I think there was even sometimes where they had them mic'd up where they could hear the announcers or hear I know they did it with the Cubs with uh Rizzo and oh my god I we have had sports for so long I'm forgetting all the names um Brian my god who's our third baseman Chris Bryan yes thank you um they had both of them mic'd up and I think they could hear each other through the mics and that was entertaining so yeah if there's gonna be baseball with no crowds at least mic them up so I have some other kind of noise and I would also say and I think they did this for Creighton and this helps like when you're doing a practice or like a game beforehand that's not really a game mm-hmm. have some crowd there and have the mics on and l- get the levels yeah right? because this would happen sometimes in the regular season where whatever mic was on the ice for hockey was way too loud mm-hmm. and so all you heard was skating even though there was a full crowd all you yeah. heard was skating and it's like nope don't really need to hear that and so it's like if they get the levels right they can kind of weight it heavier to the crowd so it'll make Mm -hmm. it sound like there's more crowd there than there is so that would help a little bit I think it's going to be interesting I've kind of gone from like oh this is going to happen this is going to happen to now just being like I have no idea because a week or two ago I was like nothing's ever going to change we're going to be like this for the whole year and now we're starting to see in some states things are opening up a little bit yeah and so it's just like one I think it's going to depend on like and this is where the NHL is exploring having like hubs. So having like yeah. four places for each division and having them play all their games in those spots. And part of the reason for that is 
so I think Georgia and South Carolina and stuff opened up. We're a long ways off from New York opening up. Yeah. That's just the facts. And California is, I think, the same way. So it's like, if they try to wait for every single city to open up, then just cancel the season now. Yeah. It's never going to happen in enough time. But if they can do the the hub situation, and they seem like they really are working on a plan, and I think every sport has an epidemiologist, if that's the right word, on staff to be like, they're, they're paying to give them like, okay, this is what you can realistically expect. These are good protocols to put in place. And I think that's, they learned their lesson on that, I think. Yeah, that's so smart that they have someone on staff doing that because I've, I wondered when they started talking about um, doing the hubs or like playing in certain places, I'm like, are they, please tell me they're talking to doctors about this before they just randomly decide to do it. Because I know when, when everything first started, to talk about maybe we won't be able to start baseball season on time. They had talked about starting the season in Arizona and just have everyone play in Arizona where they play their spring training games, which at first I was very against. I was like, no, just, just delay the season when I thought that's all that would happen. Um, But now I think they're also kind of doing something like the NHL where they're talking about maybe different hubs. I saw somewhere that they might be the Rangers ballpark might be one of them, which I would personally love that because I just want to see them play in the new stadium. Um, But I think Arizona was still um, something they were talking about, which thinking about that, that could be interesting because there's only like in Arizona, certain teams share different parks. If you have to share them, but all 30 teams are there, you could have just the teams be in the crowd. That could be interesting. Yeah. At least it's crowd noise. Like they don't have to cheer for anyone. They could just and talk to each other. And you could mic up the players in the crowd talking yeah. fast. That would be hilarious. That'd be great. And, um, yeah, and I think, so one of the places I heard in the NHL was North Dakota, obviously, because they have ice rinks there. And North Dakota, I think, has been one of the least impacted states, Uh like, to the point that for a while, like, they were one of the last states to implement protocols, and it's not because their government was, I don't really know much about the government in North Carolina, or North Dakota, but it was mostly because there wasn't a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And because it's remote enough, it's not an urban population for the most part that you could realistically sequester. But what this, can, what this is going to take, at the time that I heard talked about this, is basically like sequestering the players. Like, you can't go out. Your yeah. family can't be here. It's yeah. just you and the team, and we'll bring in food for you guys, and it has to be that. But, and now we're getting into, like, Laura sharing her stuff about <laughs> the salary cap, how <laughs> the freaking collective bargaining agreement works is, the players and the owners 50-50 share all hockey-related revenue. And it doesn't matter what the hockey players' contracts are. That's the agreement. And so there's this thing called escrow where they hold out some of their paycheck. And then at the end of the season, they figure out the revenue and they refund, they give the players some of the escrow back to equal the 50-50 split but it's never 100% of the escrow so you see someone saying oh they're making 10 million dollars a year like Sidney Crosby makes 8.7 million a year but he doesn't really make that because of escrow so that's like a thing and they're going to get completely killed on it this year and so players care enough about their income especially because of how short careers are Mm -hmm. that I think they're going to be willing to to do whatever like players like in there there hasn't been contentious between the league and the 
PA, which is very unique in hockey. And it's because they all, they, like, they both want money. And so right. they're pointing in the same direction. And so I think if it's at all possible, they'll do it. I will say give, it took them a while to stop. And at first I was judging a little bit, but it, there was just some formalities that had to happen. But once they stopped, it seems like they are very committed to not just being like, oh, we'll go, we'll come back now because we can. It's like they want to balance making money and keeping like stable yeah. with also like not being horrible citizens. So <laughs> I appreciate that. So anything else you want to add about this or do we want to go on to our, our special segment? Um, I'm excited for our special segment. Okay, so I have to introduce it. So yes. I titled this Rant and Rave. I came up with, we came up with the concept before the title, but I like <laughs> yeah. I like the title. So basically, we each get one minute to rant about something, and we each get one minute to rave about something, and the other one has no idea what it's going to be. And it's not exactly a minute. It's just like a little bit of time. We're not yeah. timing this. That's yeah. no. So who wants to go first? Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Um, You go first. Okay rant we're gonna do rant first we, we do okay. bad first then good um i really really need people to chill on twitter a little bit i am so annoyed not everything that ever pops into your head do you need to tweet and whatever headline you see at the moment you don't need to instantly have a reaction to because half the time or more than half the time five seconds later it's going to be wrong Mm -hmm. So like chill and and off of that, I also need people to calm down on the edit button a little bit because people have not thought that through. Because all you have to do, okay. So I say, I like the Dallas Stars. Uh -huh. Morgan retweets it. She favorites it because she likes the Dallas Stars and she likes that I like the Dallas Stars. I go in and edit and I say, women are the worst sex ever pro men and so now morgan has retweeted and liked that even though she didn't this is why twitter doesn't have the edit button stop with the edit button people it's never happening it shouldn't happen they're right you're wrong okay that's my rant <laughs> also i love that rant because i've had the same rant about the edit button for so long so long um okay my rant i made mine sports related only and I don't really know if it's necessarily a full-blown rant but it's just something that like I wanted to send to you but I was like no I'm gonna save it for this um I don't know if you saw but um JLo and A-Rod are trying to buy the Mets which it feels first of all so Metsy like of course but also I'm like if you're a Yankees fan aren't you a little like wait why are you buying the team in our city like I don't really know if the rivalry is still there because the Mets have been so Metsy as of late, but like, J-Lo's a, a Yankees fan for as long as I've ever seen her talk about or go to any games. A-Rod played for the Yankees. He's probably one of the, I mean, like a lot of Yankees are famous just because it's the Yankees, but like, when I think of A-Rod, I know he played for the Rangers, but I think of the Yankees. Like, that's the team I think of him for. So buying the Mets feels so weird. And also, I just imagine it being more of a train wreck. No offense to J-Lo and A-Rod. Love J-Lo. A-Rod, I could do without. But, like, it just feels weird. But at the same time, kind of, like, 
I'll, if they buy it, I want to see this train wreck happen. But also, like, I saw that and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not a Yankees fan and I'm not a Mets fan, but I got irrationally upset about it. I don't know why. Maybe because it felt so weird, but also it's kind of like, what business do you have buying a baseball team? Like, I can't stand A-Rod on ESPN games when he has, when he does Sunday night games. So, like, I, I can't imagine him owning a team and being good at it. But, you know, maybe J-Lo's, like, a freaking amazing owner. Who knows? I'd like to see her run a team just to see what happens. And um, that's my rant. I will say, so, a couple thoughts. First of all, the Yankees are going to keep the whole league afloat because if J-Lo, or if J-Lo and A-Rod buy the Mets and Derek Jeter owns the Marlins, like, pretty soon they're going to own the whole team. Right. It might also be a low-key uh, move because we have evidence the Marlins – like, immediately after they bought, they traded Yelich for, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. And all of that. So, they might be undercover, like, wiping out all of their <laughs> opponents. Like, they have all their <laughs> players' own teams and just be terrible. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens with that. But it is, I have heard, I have seen that the guy who was going to purchase it for a while, the billionaire, might be back involved in that. So. Interesting. We'll find out. It will always turn Mets, so yeah, stay tuned for that. <laughs> and now, raves, which is kind of the fun, all of that. And I'm going to stick with my theme of not keeping it sports-related at all this week <laughs> and talk about the content we got from Royals this week because, oh, my God. So, first of all, we had Prince Louis who turned two and mm-hmm. had the cutest pictures that I have ever seen taken by Kate. He was had the rainbow handprints. I believe yes. that was like for healthcare workers. And he has like the hands out, like cute, adorable two-year-old pictures. And then, and then, and then Kensington Royal, the next day, it's just like Instagram versus real life. And there's this cute picture of Louie with his hands out. And then he just like had clearly like touched his face and just mushed the paint all over. So there's just like this mismatch of, of colors all over his face. And it was so awesome. And I loved it. And then I think it was yesterday or two days ago, maybe two days ago. Um, it doesn't really matter because you'll be hearing this later <laughs> anyway. Uh, they did a the clap for the carers thing a second yes. time. The first time they had had just the kids. This time, William and Kate and all of the kids. Uh, and Kate was like holding Louie. It was so cute. Mm-hmm. We were clapping. And it was just absolutely adorable. So shout out to the Royals for giving us the heartwarming content that we need. Yes. And I love that they were all color coordinated, which I don't expect anything less. But like, mm-hmm. it was perfect. And and I forgot to mention at the top when I was talking about, like, um, being interested in Royals, one thing that got me, like, super invested, obviously, everyone knows the British Royals because that's, like, what we all talk about for in, as far as, like, media goes. But, like, the thing that, like, and I felt really stupid when I learned this was, like, finding out how many other countries have royal families because, like, literally, I for, probably – Honestly, till very recently, I probably thought, like, the British royals were the only royal family because none of them get media attention here. So, like, finding out there's, like, ten other royal families was just, like, what What have I been missing out on? Like, the, Sweden has a royal family, Spain, like, so many countries. I'm like, what? I don't hear about these people, but I want to because it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a good rave. I didn't even think about 
that, but it's probably good we have different ones. Yeah. Um, mine's, I'm sticking with sports. Um, and so I, I think it was a notification on MLB. And um, all I saw was like Clayton Kershaw's son. And immediately I'm here for anything about athletes with their kids because it's cute. Um, and it was like someone, I think it was like the cut for Twitter, which is an MLB account that does like all the fun stuff and memes and that. And they made a video of Clayton Kershaw's son. I'm sure it's during like warmups at like spring training, maybe during the games too, but he's like on the mound, clearly just, just throwing the baseball, just having fun. But they cut it where like, as if he's pitching and then they show like a strikeout. So it's like to say that he's striking out major league players, it's just adorable. And it just made me happy. Even if it's like, obviously he's not pitching or striking anyone out, but it's just a cute video. And it was, it's just adorable. So pro tip to everyone, if you want to make our raves, have cute kids. <laughs> Done. Um, so with that, I think we'll just end with a couple housekeeping notes. First, um, I want to talk about our socials because of course people mm-hmm. can call us there, give us feedback, tell us how awesome we are. We love that. <laughs> so um, on Tumblr, I am Laura's Royal Blog. Obviously not just Royals anymore. I talk a lot about sports and I have an ons turned on so you can ask me anything you want don't really post there a lot anymore but trying to get back into it and on Twitter I am Japanese underscore ginger which is because I am a natural redhead and 25% Japanese um my Twitter is just Morgan Price um if you want to follow on Instagram it's Morgan Price but with two ends because just Morgan Price was taken because apparently that's a very popular name that I never knew about um yeah I think that's it yeah and I have an Instagram but I'm not gonna share it because I have literally nothing (laughs) on it so it's just there so I can watch stories (laughs) but so next episode the tentative plan I'm really excited about this is to talk about the Astros aka Astros hate week yes um that would have been my rant but I was like nope we have a full episode for it it's gonna be awesome and so if you guys have any questions about that or if it's not Astros related, if it's not sports related, if it's sports related, whatever, send any questions. You can submit them anon to either of our tumblers. Just make sure to say it there for podcast. You can tweet us questions, whatever you want, about whatever you want. We want to cover what you guys want to cover. And so with that, we will wish you all a wonderful week and we will see you next week. Bye.